Georgia Dow is a therapist, but she's not your therapist. This show should not substitute a personal consultation with a professional. defeated technology <laughs> today is a good day to defeat technology yes we've mm-hmm. taken technology back behind the woodshed and just taught it a lesson <laughs> oh god that's dark. <laughs> i'm recording by the way because why wouldn't i be recording bloody hell so am i <laughs> did that sound like you did you believe me yeah i totally did that oh, sounded did you that sounded so honest oh, i was just blown see, away by the me. honesty Honest Dow. <laughs> Honesty and integrity, Micah. That's what we stand for on disruption. That that is the oh, bedrock. No. The bedrock of our podcast is integrity, honesty, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. That, that is, is the bedrock of your lies, Steve. <laughs> I am so heartbroken. They did not write back to me. I'm <gasps> I'm shocked. I'm I am I really am. I'm I like, am shocked yeah. that they should really court martial court martial the colonel because that is unacceptable. <laughs> I'm going to look if it's in my junk mail because I'm actually a little oh, bit hurt. I'm it was sure like... it should be in your junk mail. That is absolutely the place where that should be. Junk food. Yeah, do you have junk okay, food so mail? I'm looking in my junk mail. I have Casina saying, hey, okay. how are you been? What's your name? Julia, <laughs> okay. how are you doing? What's your name? Careful, Georgia. We're going to have to put an explicit tag on this show if we if we if you go through <laughs> too much of your junk mail. Salutations. Uh, guarantee for my stock's going to go up. By oh, fourfold. that sounds like the colonel. Anastasia asking, how are you? Um, what else do I have here? Uh, those are in languages I don't know. Um, I have only days remain. I have one from Micah. Oh, this is interesting. I found your email with this. (laughs) It's from after that you didn't like to look at my video. Is is it it invite to a new video chat app? I'm actually opening it, which is No, wait, don't click it. If it's, it could be, it might be a a virus or something. (laughs) I did not <laughs> send you late. an email. And uh. they spelled your name wrong. Oh, then it's not me. Um, did, they spy, did they spell it with a Q again? Yeah, they're <laughs> looking for a lot of fresh emails. From <gasps> I got that email today, too. Did you? Yeah, I was actually... Was it I was from you? Uh, no, I was in a call with uh, Renee and a few other people, and suddenly I saw this. It was like, I got your email uh, out of the corner of my eye, and immediately I was just distracted. I was like, who has my email and why? And <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Anyway, we should probably uh, we should probably let our listeners know that that Brie is out is in Canada, camped outside of Target in Canada for the newest Nerf release. <laughs> so, so we are joined by our our fifth host of the podcast, Jessica Dennis. Oh, thank you. Our our our, uh, our designated hitter, as it were. That's that's uh, such an honor, and I uh, yeah, here I am again. Yeah. We're happy to have you back with us here today. So what are your feelings on Kentucky Fried Chicken? Um, you know, I honestly haven't eaten Kentucky Fried Chicken in a really long time. Good. And I'm not sure why, like not for any real reason. It Probably because you, you just have like embedded memories that you've repressed of the last time that you went to eat there. And, you, and you're just like <laughs> instinctively avoiding it. Well, they're happy, happy repressed memories. No. 
Well, that's true. And it, and it's also true that one of the times that I was going to go get Kentucky Fried Chicken, I was in a pretty bad car accident and I actually oh lost I lost about 3 hours of memories. <gasps> Were so, they maybe of eating chicken though? No, they were of the accident itself a little bit before, oh. and and it's it's the I I think I uh, told the story of it on my old podcast, totally uncool. If so, well, if so, I'll give if the link exists, I'll give it to Steve, and you guys can listen to it. But if it doesn't, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll record it in the future. I mean, I so what you're saying is that Kentucky Fried Chicken caused your car accident. Mm-hmm. That's what it I'm did. Hearing. It That's, very clearly did. And, and you know what? If you had a KFC phone that had distracted driver mode on it, then that would not have happened. <laughs> I would suggest that you email support with your, you know, that issue. But it sounds like they don't get back to anybody who sends them very nice emails about uh, wanting wanting a box that has game controls on on it. Uh, isn't that right, Georgia Dow? That's why I asked. I asked so kindly. I was just wanting to know when I was, you know, going through the drive-through, and it said that they would always, you know, reply. Maybe I should just wait another week. A whole week to reply? No, it's two business like, days or less. That's just. That's, do they write emails via smoke signals in Canada? Like, what is <laughs> what is happening that it takes a week to get back to you? Like, this is a critical. <laughs> this is a critical business defining issue, and they are not mm-hmm. being responsive. I believe that's that true. the the next step is to burn them to the ground on Twitter. That's Clearly. that's how this escalates. You start with a simple email, and then you go to Twitter, and then you burn them <laughs> to the ground. That's what it's you true. do. Is that that's the problem? That's well, the standard operating protocol. That's what you do. Well, but maybe not for Canadians. That's true. That's true. They're better people than we are. You are Canadians even passive aggressive? <laughs> so if they are aggressive, usually it is passive aggressive. That's that's a true statement. So you do have okay because I like I know British people can be pretty passive aggressive. So is it the same kind of deal in, in Canada where? No. Uh, so okay, so you can't. It's not necessarily that you can. They're not even that. Like you know. No, they're really just they're just nice, straightforward kind of things. They apologize if they bump into you. Not like Minnesota nice, like like nice nice. There is Minnesota nice. Isn't Minnesota nice where like people are nice except not really like and basically passive aggressive? I think yeah, I think that's the terminology. Like Minnesota nice is I am nice to you to your face, but in in reality, like we go home and talk about how terrible you are. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So the the Urban Dictionary definition of Minnesota nice is I'm Minnesota nice when I'm angry at someone I don't let them know. I just smile pleasantly to his or her face and then yeah. proceed to talk about them behind their back. I'll most likely hold a grudge to. Oh, I so. do that. <laughs> You're Minnesota nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've also I lived in the South for about five years or so and there's kind of a similar deal like people are very polite but so passive aggressive like i feel like southerners are basically the masters of passive aggression i learned a lot (laughs) i do declare we are so passive aggressive and you can't do anything about it uh, i I i'm pretty sure that joe told you to put a stop to that accent on another podcast (laughs) southern bell micah I don't appreciate Southern Bell Micah making a making a, a summer crossover out of out of this uh, this this voice that you're importing to our podcast. Well, uh, over Steve, the wall. you can go on and clutch your pearls, but I'm going to keep talking Whoa. like this. If Whoa. I want to. Wow. I don't know if you should be talking about that. That's not right. Talking about talking about things. <laughs> I Georgia have. Uh, what? 
Excellent I can't segue. let that slide. Uh, that, you can't let that slide? I can't let that innuendo slide. That's that's not okay. Is that not okay? <laughs> what, what were you? Hmm? That's not what I meant. You want to defend clutching, yourself? Clutching one's pearls does not mean what you were trying to make it mean. <laughs> wow. I think it does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we'll okay, have to Twitter agree can, to disagree. We can, ask, we can ask Twitterverse what they think Michael <laughs> oh. was talking about. Oh, um, Okay, so I, I have a game show for us. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's, it's just, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so first we, though, have to do the song, right? Oh God, I'm not Lord. playing any more music off your phone, Georgia. It's not happening. No, I'm, 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 I'm taking a stand. Ourselves. I'm, I'm standing up for better. myself and my rights. You, you don't remember? We make the song ourselves. Okay. Oh, God. What's I'm the so... name of the show? <laughs> it's, it's game show. Oh, it's just game show. It's just game show. This, this is, uh, we could call it random questions. Okay. Random Ra- questions. Rapid See, fire random questions. <laughs> random questions game show. I, that, like those right. three words, I can work with those words. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm starting okay. to feel it. Okay. Since, since, right. just, since you're the guest, you get to pick if you want to be like background <laughs> music, uh, the background singer or the main singer. Well, I'm um, definitely not equipped to be the main singer, so... No? I mean, the the secret is that no one is equipped to be any sort of <laughs> musical thing. I don't know. I feel I feel like particularly... it's uh, Pleasant sounds do not come out of my face. This is going to be good, then. We are so excited. So oh. you want to be a um, background singer? Sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, Lord. Um, Steve, do you? We have. Left I, 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 no, I nominate Micah the... for Southern Bell Micah for lead singer. Oh, oh definitely. So you're gonna be um, background. Okay. So I'm gonna start with uh, the beat. Um, <laughs> then Jess, you're gonna add in some tunes to that beat, and then um, Micah and Steve kind of like hit it with like you know, the random rapid fire questions a theme. I'm okay. feeling oh, it. Boy, you're feeling it. Random okay, questions ready? game show, right? Yes. Okay. That's exactly what I said before. <laughs> ready? This is going to be awful. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. That's good. That was that was that was feeling it this utterly. Um Okay, so it goes like this. You have three <laughs> seconds to answer. Holy gosh. If not, you get buzzed wow. out of the game. And so I throw the questions out, and I'll say, Jess, you have to answer the question. You have three <laughs> seconds, or you get buzzed out, and you three have to say seconds. something that is kind of, um, yeah, okay? Uh, so, ready. I'm going to start off. Micah, what do you think would be the hardest thing for you to give up on? Uh uh, my, my, I don't understand the question. <laughs> give up on, like, like, give up on. That was it. That was all he did. Okay, next. So Mike is already out. That was it. <laughs> down. It's just Steve and Jess back oh, in the God. Running. Good luck, okay, people. Okay, ready. <laughs> Steve, yeah. what makes you bored? Um, reading. <laughs> oh, he, he got it. Okay, that's, do you think that he made it in? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He okay, said okay. Uh, reading, and oh then God, he said, I'm Bzz. so stressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Jess, what's your favorite four-legged creature? Cats. Oh, you got that. You got, you got that. That's too okay. easy. Okay. Cats was going to be my answer to everything. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Steve, you ready? Yes. Here we go. This is the, the last round. Um, okay. Steve, name me something you missed the most from your childhood. 
Um, good, good, good eggplant parmesan. Oh, that was good. That was good. Okay, okay, Jess. <sighs> Jess, for the title, here we go. See, that was deeper than you were expecting. You know, that there was. you go. I can't believe you really thought of it. Yeah. Um. Okay, ready, Jess. <laughs> tell me something you envy. Uh, people who can sing cats. well. <laughs> Gosh, that, okay, no, I've got really good cats. So. Ty, that's it. That's okay. our rapid fire questions for today. Uh, I hate that I <laughs> failed out. Uh, that, that actually reminds me that Mike, that Charles sent us a game show a couple weeks ago that I completely forgot about, but I think we should probably save that for, for next week when Bree's back. So, yeah, so we have to get yeah. a better theme song is what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> yes. We'll get Charles to send us a theme song. But we should probably oh talk goodness. about some technology news because that's what people come here for. In addition to the, the beatboxing, here for. I, yeah. I don't know what they come here for at this point, but you know whatever Why are they come you here, here for. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, we've we've got a few good topics. Topics on the docket is what I was going to say, and that's kind of a fun thing to say. Topics on the docket this week. Um, up first is an interesting story. There uh, is a Twitter account called Internet of Shirt. Uh, <laughs> And basically it talks about all of the Internet of Things devices and how many of them are pretty awful and pretty terrible. Uh, but interestingly, uh, the Internet of Shirt uh, <laughs> account has a column on The Verge and they write about – uh, different Internet of, of, of Things stuff. And so this time, uh, it was published on August 3rd, that's today, uh, it is a, an article titled, Apple Has Proven Me Wrong About HomeKit. And I am very, 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 Steve sent me this today, and I'm, I'm really happy that this exists because <laughs> I've been kind of talking for a while about how I think many people, you know, when HomeKit was first announced, ages ago, um, people tried it out and it was genuinely terrible. Like it was, it, it was, it was not good. Uh, there was a lot wrong with it. There was problems with connecting. There weren't that many gadgets available, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Would you call it the mobile me of IOT devices? Oh. <laughs> no, no, there are way worse. Would you call things. it the ping of, of IOT uh, devices? I think like ping is worse than mobile me in my heart. Um, okay. but it, it was, it was pretty bad. Uh, now, these days, HomeKit is genuinely so incredible uh, because when I've compared it to other platforms, I mean, I, I write about home automation stuff all the time. I'm steeped in it. And, uh, you know, Apple versus iOS versus Android in this situation, iOS really has it on lock because Android right now, although the Google Assistant can interface with a lot of different devices and you can use your voice to control those, there's no central method for control, like an app that just lets you get access to all the things. And on iOS, there is an app that lets you get access to all the things. Uh, all of the HomeKit-enabled devices can be controlled uh, organized, renamed, and automated via the home app for iOS and controlled via Siri as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way that HomeKit has grown over time. And most interestingly, I think uh, it, the, the article is kind of talking about how not only is it good now and it could potentially be one of the best platforms that's out there and will continue to grow and get better, but 
it's also legitimately one of the safest platforms. Um, mm-hmm. the, the security and the privacy are, of course, at Apple's forefront just in general. Um, but when it comes to home automation stuff, when it comes to getting that HomeKit certification, it's very rigorous. The process is super rigorous, and that's why a lot of companies have not, uh, up to this point at least, offered products with HomeKit uh, compatibility. So I think those two things are interesting. And and the last thing that I want to touch on is I was on Tech News Today a while back, and um, we were talking about home automation gadgets and kind of talking about uh, the security and privacy concerns there. One of the nifty tricks uh, of HomeKit is that in order to be able to get that works with Apple HomeKit badge on your product, to get that HomeKit certification, there's one specific rule that I think is kind of, it's, it's stand out. And that's the fact that you have to, as a device manufacturer, let the person si- like sign up and, and f- you know, get the, get the product running without use of a third-party app. So, you know, let's say my company's called, uh, Bongo Smarts. Well, Bongo Smarts Chihuahua. app. There you go. <laughs> Bongo Smarts app is in in the iOS app store, and I buy the Bongo Smarts light bulb. Uh, I get it. I bring it home. I can just open the home app for iOS and get the Bongo Smarts app, or rather, light connected. I don't have to ever download that third party app that could be, you know, whenever you click the accept uh, terms and conditions, could be sending data uh, off to wherever it happens to be. So you can rely on the fact that all because the the way that the the HomeKit app works is all of it working locally. So you can count on it being like a a local network uh, control interface and not involving those third-party apps where a lot of times they have to do like Wi-Fi gateway stuff where it's kind of talking to a server remotely and figuring things out that way. So really happy with HomeKit. Glad that there's, uh, you know, especially of all the site of all the people to be talking about this, the internet of shirt Twitter account talking mm-hmm. about it is uh, pretty nifty. So uh, yeah, let's I, I want to talk to Salty Steve first about this, because <laughs> I know that uh, security Salty Steve is very uh, focused on on that kind of thing. Well, well, I, I mean, we should mention that one of my my hobbies and joys in life is finding articles about horrible things that are happening because of IoT security lapses and sending them to Micah, and you know, <laughs> watching his reaction. So that that's 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 how I amuse myself during the day. Um, but you know, the fact that that iOS, the other iOS, is um, as an in Internet of Shirt and not iOS, but. Um, that they're the one saying this, I think that means a big deal because most of the time when I see some sort of a horrible breach, they're the ones who are, who are being retweeted into my timeline until I finally followed them. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that they're, they're saying that is means a lot. And I think requiring this, these devices to work without the app is really the biggest thing. Like I have two IOT devices in my house right now. I have a scale and I have a, a meat thermometer. And that's pretty much it. I mean, other than like DVRs and stuff like that, but you know, like like things that really don't need to have radios in them. And both of them have apps. Both of the companies have been acquired since I bought the devices. Both of them have changed the mm-hmm. apps to the point where I don't. I have to go to a completely different interface in order to use them. And it's it's just it sucks. And I don't know when I'm using those apps where that data is going. Like I could be leaking the temperature of my of my roasts all over the internet, and I would never know. <laughs> the horror. 
Roast leakage. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, it's a, a, it's a disaster. Thing. Yeah, no, I mean, somebody could go snoop around and see how I like my meat. But it's, but but that's why I don't use anything else, right? Because I don't. I, oh, okay, yeah. But <laughs> I won't mention what episode number this is, by the way. Oh no. <laughs> um, but you know, so that the fact that you don't have to use a third party app because I trust Apple, right? Like that's that's the whole reason that I will not leave iOS in the foreseeable future is because. Apple typically builds their things with uh, with security in mind, sometimes to a fault. But the fact that you know that if you're communicating via Bluetooth between your phone and the device, that it's not going out to anywhere other than, say, Apple servers, which I, I trust, and are talking. So do you you have to have either an Apple TV or a non-existent HomePod in order to <laughs> use anything from outside the house, right, Micah? Is that how that uh, works? Well, there are actually three options, an Apple TV, an iPad at home, okay. or, yes, the non-existent HomePod. Uh, because, the, yes, you have to have one of those devices because when you're out of the home, you're not interfacing directly with each individual accessory you're using the you're you're phoning home to the apple tv which then sends signals out to all the different devices and the reason that apple does that is because they don't just support wi-fi devices they also support bluetooth devices and if you had a bluetooth device and you're trying to get connected to it from outside the home if there's nothing in the house sending bluetooth signals that's not gonna work it doesn't work with Macs, though like they should I know of another product Apple makes, and <laughs> no, they don't. They don't they support should. that anymore. That, that's 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 a legacy product. Um, uh, see, like, there's no HomeKit on the Mac either. I can't talk to Siri on the Mac and ask her to ask it to turn on and off lights, and that's really frustrating. Don't get me started. Yeah, but I, oh, I mean, man. I think that that I, it's funny because just the other day, Maureen was at some I don't know if it was a social skills class for the girls or something, and I get this random text at work. What do you know about – oh, no, I was on the train going home. What do you know about Google Wi-Fi routers? And I just laughed. Mm-hmm. And it's like I know that we're not getting one because we're not put sending all of our network traffic to Google. So – because I don't know what the, what's going to happen with it after the fact. And, and maybe nothing and maybe, you know, maybe Google's gotten more responsible, but they've been irresponsible enough in the past that I don't really want my data going there, especially like the unfiltered web traffic of everything. They get enough of my data as it is just from ambient use. I will say this, right? Like I've been very hesitant to put IoT devices in my house for this reason, and this makes me feel better about it. I probably am still going to be very careful about it, less from a security standpoint and more from a the standpoint that I don't really want to be IT support when I get home in addition to when right. I'm at the office. Because right. every time that you're installing something like this, especially if you're the one bringing the idea, like it's mm-hmm. then you're the one who has to support it whenever it breaks. And I'm, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to be having to do tech support over the phone at work while, you know, we can't, <laughs> we can't change the thermostat or the, or the dishwasher <laughs> won't turn on or whatever it happens to be. But at least as far as not, you know, contributing to the Mirai botnet, this makes me feel a lot better. Jess? Uh, yes, Jess. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I really wish, well, first of all, I wish I had central air, which would make Oh, that would be great. Therm- it's great. Just come to my house and enjoy it. It's fantastic. Oh, I'm melting right now. I, oh, no. <laughs> it's, I'm in this, uh, this unair conditioned room and I've got these giant over-ear headphones on and it's just, it's like, I'm wearing earmuffs and it's 80 degrees. But um, yeah, like, 
I the you know what my refrigerator does not need is an internet connection. <laughs> Although I confess I wish my washer and dryer did because sometimes like I can't hear the beep and I wish I knew when they were done. Oh, mine's really loud. I can hear the beep as it goes on and on and I wish I could turn it off with something <laughs> like a home kit. Yeah. I've got a Samsung I've got a Samsung washing machine so I could actually blow up my house remotely which would be fantastic. Oh my lord. <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's like a security system. Yeah. It's a, it's a self-destruct button, you know? That's what it is. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think privacy, it's our most valuable commodity. We've, we've, you know, ranted on so much about how important this is and how people should be really much more protective of the information that they leak out, even if it is just about, you know, overcooked roast. <laughs> you know, that, that could be valuable to someone. I was angry, actually, that I heard that Roomba, I used to have a Roomba, that Roomba was selling their data that they took from uh, the houses that they had that they were going to be sending that back and now selling it and that it could be worth a lot of money. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I definitely did not like actually say yes to any kind of privacy, you know, uh, disclaimer with Roomba that I It's my understanding that 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 did require opt-in. That, now, I may be wrong, but I was – because that's one of the first things that I thought. You know, Georgia Dow appeared on my shoulder and was like, this is a bad thing. <laughs> and yeah. I remember reading um, one article at least where it was talking about how it was an opt-in thing going forward where they thought about it and they said uh, if people want to opt-in, then they can send their stuff to – or they can you know give Roomba permission to like send it to Apple or something. Now, you do have a point though. If they've got it on a database somewhere, what's to stop them? from sending data they yeah. already have about people's homes. Yeah, I mean, I've all, I've altered the deal. Free that I don't alter it further. That's how it is when every, any of these companies yeah. end up collecting your data. It's true. Yeah, well, I mean, I just got a Roomba, the Prime Day Roomba, in fact, and <gasps> it's terrible. So I don't <laughs> like... <laughs> you, I, I, you get off my show right now. Like, that is, that is, that is blasphemy. It's so dumb. So I have a, I have a, I have a rug that has some black parts on it because it's got this stupid pattern on it, and the Roomba interpreted that as like it's oh I'm gonna fall off a cliff so I can't vacuum your rug, and so we had to like do major surgery on the Roomba, and it gets lost. Like we set it to go, and it's like vacuuming for a while, and it's like oh my god I need to dock, and we're like okay. Go then, go back to your dock. <laughs> Do your thing. And unless you specifically like shepherd it, like by kicking it, like softly or not so softly in that the direction. That may be why it has this problem. To yeah. I don't think kicking your Roomba is the proper way to well, retrain you it. Know, you just give it a nudge. This is, and how eventually... the, this is how the robot apocalypse starts. This is how the uprising right, begins. Right. That the sounds uprising, like it's, a it's... Ma- malfunctioning. Se- like if if that is what the Roomba experience is, I don't want one. Well, I mean, what what the way that it works? Because I've had Roombas for a long time because I would not have been able to deal with twins eating Cheerios at the kitchen oh table if we didn't have a Roomba because we don't have a dog. So this is like the next best thing. But right. um, I mean, what it does is it just kind of goes around the edge of the of the room and then just keeps bumping into walls until it figures out where it needs to go. It's not really doing anything too smart. I guess it's I guess they're trying to by dealing in this in this data. But I don't know if they're like, I don't know how mapping data of, of a house is going to help if every house is different. Unless they're selling it to other people to already know your specific house. Because it's like if you're 
if you're going around my living room, that's not going to help you if you're going around Jessica's living room. Like you, you know what walls look like. Like doesn't it doesn't help to know what kind of configuration my walls are for somebody what, else's house. What they were going to do with it is figure out where couches and other things and how people place them, and then sell them to places like IKEA and places that are going to build furniture and set up rooms to see how rooms are mostly used, which is something that we don't have data for. You don't seem impressed. <laughs> You're like, nah, five dollars. No, month. I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, I think people get. Okay, so I'm going to put on my evil bi hat right now. And, <laughs> Excellent. And you know, like, selling data is, you know, is not always a, t- a bad thing. And sometimes you have one company that collects this kind of data, and there's not really any nefarious way that it can be used, and it will help to. If they they're they're basically just commoditizing the data that they've already collected, they're making some money off of it. But ultimately, selling that data is not like going to get you targeted with ads because you're pregnant. It's just something that is going to contribute to a larger data set that other companies are going to be able to use to enhance their products. Right. So it's like I don't think there's really anything too terrible that could come out of this unless they're selling it literally to burglars. But <laughs> but, I, you know, it, the the thing is that selling data has become, you know, such – normally it is a really bad thing, but there are cases where you have one company that's just collecting this data, like with Google with their mapping data. Like they've just kind of collected that for their own purposes and then they're using that to be able to provide to others for, you know, for, in exchange for, good, for you know, for currency. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this one in particular, it sounds scary because that's just our, our gut reaction, but I don't know – how bad it would have been, but it doesn't matter because this got out and he made the mistake of saying it to a reporter and mm-hmm. now it now it's not going to happen, which I mean is probably fine. Like they shouldn't be doing that without being really, really upfront about it. But it, I think that you need to be a little bit careful with selling data being a bad thing a hundred percent of the time because it's not always like credit card thieves selling your credit card data. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you do also have to think about not just who is this company selling your data to, but who is hacking this company to get at your data. So yeah. if it's yeah. if it's not somebody reputable that has decent infosec, you know, policies in place, then that could yeah. be another yeah. can of worms. Yeah, I mean, it's, I would presume that it's being held, held in some sort of proprietary format. That it's not like just blueprints that are in a basement somewhere <laughs> that somebody's going to oh, be able to go and roll out and then you know figure out how to plan their heist. But yeah, no, I mean you got you have a fair point there. <laughs> I'm just imagining like that like the InfoSec Pink Panther now like breaking into houses. Right. <laughs> uh, yes, see, I'm going to find uh Georgia Dow's uh blueprints of her home from from a Roomba and then <laughs> I'm going to steal the HTC Vive. Oh, it's on. It's on, Micah. That's it. <laughs> Speaking of the HTC Vive, though, the HTC Vive's little IR boxes also interfere with the Roomba. Oh, that's so you, do they? You, you oh, have yeah. To tr- yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to turn those off. Yeah, yeah, because the way that, that you can – so let, let's say that you have a room – like you have a kitchen that doesn't have a door on it, but you you don't want the uh, the Roomba to leave – the leave the kitchen it comes with like what they call a virtual wall which is basically like an ir transmitter and when it gets to that beam it just knows <laughs> okay that's my wall i'm going to turn around but yeah if you have the vive spitting out the same ir blaster then yeah that's going to tell it hey don't come in here when it really should be coming in there so can you yeah. trick it with a remote can you like point your remote at it and make it i, I don't dance? torture i don't torture my roombas oh, man, I'm, not, I, I'm not a monster <laughs> 
Do we could try hurting it, it with remotes. It. <laughs> it's like it's like a lightsaber or something. You can sword play with the Roomba. Oh, oh my god. Uh, hey, so this episode of Disruption is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. You can communicate smarter with Text Expander. Use Text Expander to power through repetitive communication by standardizing and improving those written replies you send every day. With Text Expander, you can recall your best and most frequently used words by creating a keyboard shortcut and letting Text Expander pull in the phrase you need. For example, you could easily set up a snippet for your email sign-off, an introductory greeting you use when you speak to somebody new, or maybe a fillable template to take notes in a meeting. And that's not all. Text Expander can format dates, autocorrect spelling, and even search your team's collected knowledge with a few letters and a hotkey. It can even control your Roomba. Oh, wait, no, not that. Text <laughs> Expander can also help you collaborate more efficiently in tools like Slack with text snippets, automatically press the tab key for you in your web browser and emails, making your workflows even quicker, and make it really easy for you to create text snippets from within your browser. I friggin' love Text Expander. I use it all the time at work. It saves me so much time and i've become like uh it's like having the pack of gum in in elementary or middle school and everybody wants wants to have a stick of gum i have like the text expander snippets that all of my uh, fellow colleagues are always asking for um if you spend any amount of your day typing you need to try text expander which like all of us spend some amount typing i would guess get it free for 30 days on mac ipad iphone or windows visit textexpander.com slash disruption to start your free trial today. We would like to thank Text Expander for their support of this show and for being friggin' awesome. Thanks, Text Expander. And here's a pro tip because you may think to yourself, I'm a I'm I am a hardcore full stack developer. I don't interact with humans <laughs> if I can possibly help it. So I'm not typing emails to people. I'm just grinding on code all day. Like one thing that you can use this for is you can save use it to save code snippets or you can save it to save directory paths. You have to type a lot like we had a, one of our one of our old servers that before since we migrated off of it. But we had some fairly lengthy directory paths that we had to type into every single script. And we I just set up a snippet in text expander, typed a few strokes and all of a sudden that directory path was in place. And I didn't need to worry about typing it and getting it exact. So that's oh, another thing. So nice. uh, yeah. So that's another thing you can think about is if you have pieces of code or, or code snippets or directories or anything that it, you need, you need to get the syntax 100 percent right. And it's the same thing every time. So text expander is perfect for that. So that's another way that you can use it. Or if you just want to really quickly send the shruggy emoticon or the table flip. Yeah, exactly. those are crucial, especially yeah. on Windows, which I unfortunately have to use all day. And I also um, have my text expander set up because, like, I will never type T-H-A-T. I will always, 100% of the time, type H-T-A-T. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have that set up as a text expander shortcut, and it corrects it to that for me. Nice. It, yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to talk about uh, the – Death, the death of 32-bit iOS apps. So, A, iOS is to 32-bit and also all of the apps in the App Store. Uh, come iOS 11, like it's all, it's all 64 bit. It, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're wiping everything away. And if you want to, if you have apps in the app store that are 32 bit, I think Apple's already actually started cleaning all of that stuff out. Um, and so you gotta, you gotta get those things updated, but 
You know, people have made the point that there are like old games and things like that that exist in the App Store that no one's ever like come back and updated. But it's still little bits of history and little bits of nostalgia that maybe should continue to exist. I'm curious to hear what you think about this, Jessica, based on the fact that you know a thing or two about mobile <laughs> gaming. Yeah, I do, strangely enough. Yeah, um, I actually suggested this topic because uh, the 64-bit update for Cannibal, which is like a legendary iOS game, which if you do not have, I expect you to download immediately. Um, Downloading. Excellent. Good. Have, how are you? No, wait, wait. No, stop. Right. That's weird. How have you it? not played Cannibal, Georgia? Like, how is that not? I happened? really haven't. I don't know. <laughs> it's You're so good. I'm like wow. shocked right now. <laughs> are you? Yeah, I'm surprised. Are, no, are seriously. Shocked? I'm like, because I, I, I kind of figured that you would have been on like all of the big like early iOS games, and that was like the biggest one at the time. What's it? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cannibal was huge. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I feel like Georgia just has this switch turned on <laughs> where she just asks questions with a slightly higher. Is it? Are, are you sure? Uh, and it's it's making me laugh really hard because it's uh, it's uh, it's not very Canadian of you, Georgia Dow. Yeah. No, sorry. if Georgia had the switch turned on, then we'd be playing Splatoon right now. So uh, that's true. It, that's true. Oh, geez. Ow. Oh, Ow. gee. Sorry, sorry, Jessica. To interrupt <laughs> That's terrible. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, so um, that I mean, it's a huge relief whenever one of my and most like I was looking through. There's a place in the settings um, on your iPhone where you can go to, and I forget where it is, but there are many instructions um, where you can check and see what apps you have on your phone that will be going away come iOS 11, and only a few of them. Cannibal was one that I'd been like worrying about for some time like oh man i they really the thing is they really need to update this especially since um cannibal is basically the best game on the newest apple tvs which aren't that new anymore and aren't that great for gaming <laughs> wait, no, just just wait how do i check to see which it's it's settings you you launch the settings app you go to general uh then settings. you tap yeah settings you go to general yeah then you tap about Okay. And then you scroll down to where it says applications, and only if you have 32-bit apps on your phone will you see a little arrow where you can tap there to like see those apps, and it'll show you which ones that you have. I have 158 applications, and all of them are 64-bit, so I don't actually have that option. Wow, I've got like a whole bunch, actually. Yeah. My oh, this, favorite... is, this is so sad. Right? These apps may slow down your iPhone and will not work with iOS 11. I have... A lot. I thought actually at first it was all my apps. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm scrolling. And oh, because you don't and update scrolling. very often. I forgot. I don't. Oh, so maybe I that would have exp- to update. Well, but them. it should only. Should I even have field runners too? That does not. It, that must be. Okay. Did it only show you the ones that don't have updates at all, or the ones that you haven't? I don't know. I think actually, it's just like it what's on your phone. What's okay. on your phone that's 32? Yeah, it, I mean, I just have a big section that says no updates available. So maybe if there are updates Ooh. and you de- you just don't update your phone, then maybe there ah. is. But like Flight Control is the one that stuck out to me when this first got announced because they you – know, I don't remember what the name of the company was, but they got bought out by EA. And then EA made like a free-to-play garbage version of Flight Control. <laughs> and they – and then they abandoned the original version. And that was really like – that was one of the first really big iOS games that I remember getting. Like I remember that I had gotten an iPod Touch, right? So that was 2009. So that would have been right before the twins were born. I remember spending a lot of time 
pacing around the, you know, the maternity ward or, or labor and delivery and flight control was like the only thing that calmed me down at the time. And, and that was just like what I used to pass the time. And mm-hmm. I mean, aside from the fact that that's like a part of iOS gaming history, really, because that was the big game at the time. That that was the first game that actually used touch in a unique way that wasn't just trying to use like to re- recreate like a, a gamepad on a screen. Ugh. And but, you know, also there's an emotional attachment that I have to that game, too, because of that experience. And, and it's you know, it's basically a, a dead app walking right now. And as soon as I update to iOS 11, which I'm going to because, I mean, I have to then that's going to go away and I'm not going to be able to play it again. There's no way for me to get that back because EA's just completely abandoned it. Yep. Oh, it sucks. So you're going to have to keep an older iOS device basically forever and pray that it never breaks. Because I, I have games like that too, that like like You Must Build a Boat is, it's the game that I can turn to that like kind of like de-stresses me a little bit. Luckily that's like not affected by this, but like my favorite flight tracker for actual physical world airplanes and departures and arrivals um, wasn't going to be updated. And I went to look into it and I was very disappointed. Luckily, I was on download a couple of weeks ago and one of the sponsors was a flight tracking app. So I was like, oh, wow, this is like, this is so perfect. So I downloaded it like as Jason was reading the ad. It was great. So I I like the idea that one day people are going to be making iOS emulators and you have to like install a special thing. It's like, I remember back when they had iOS 7 and you have to, I don't know, do some special code to make it work and and be able to play those old games on it. It's interesting how... uh, it's, It's weird kind of, I think, to get nostalgic about digital, you know, bits and bites, but they are you there. Take that back. And we do. Okay. Weird is not the right word. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I find it fascinating. Like the, the difference between physical versus digital and how we, how we can still find things that, you know, are, are essentially ones and zeros, uh, just as heartstring tugging as physical objects. Uh, that, that, that fascinates me. Well, I mean, it's because it's the experiences that go along with it, right? It's not. It's not just yeah, the that... feeling. We get attached to them feelings, yeah, yeah. Like if you had like a tough moment in your life and this made you feel good, you can see how you'd get attached to that, and that's why a lot of um, you know things that are difficult to sell they sell emotion instead, such as uh, perfumes and you know beer. Though some people may have really <laughs> strong emotional reactions to beer, anyways. <laughs> um, and um, logos and shirts they're trying to sell that this is how it makes you feel or who you become as a person because of it. And so there are some games that we become really attached to because there are games that are soothing or make us feel happy or we can just kind of go back to and, and have those happy thoughts again. And it is really sad that we're just going to lose them. I don't know. Like that seems like I, I would say non apple but that's not true because Apple will cut everything from us, even the things we love. Yeah. Our headphone jack. Yeah. I but, know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but but I mean no. this is this is also this is also kind of like they've let this go a really long time, probably longer than they should have. And it, it's I I understand this even more than I understood the, the headphone jack, which still annoys me to this day, by the way. <laughs> but um, but I understand this because, I mean, ultimately, this, the 64-bit 
support's been around for a long time. These are apps that are basically abandoned at this point. If they haven't been update updated in this long in this long, then they're probably not going to be. And there is some merit to Apple saying, like, look, it, if you're not going to maintain your app anymore, like we want to make sure that our users are getting apps that are actively supported by the developers. And if you're not supporting it, if you let it go this long that you're not doing, I don't know how much is involved to convert an app from 32 to 64 bit. I'm not an iOS developer, but even so, it seems like it should be kind of the basic thing you should be doing to get to maintain compatibility going forward. And if you're not even willing to do that, then, you know, we're giving you plenty of plenty of warning. And this is just something that's, you know, you're you're going to have to make way for developers that are maintaining their apps going forward. But why can't they just have backwards compatibility and allow us to use an app? Why do they someone have to maintain it? They've done the work on it. We're like we like it. We're happy. Why should we be pressured into moving up if I'm just happy with my 32 bit? Because most people don't care about backwards compatibility and they're not willing to put up with other trade offs for it for the most part. Like even like even when like the Xbox One got backward compatibility, like everyone said that they were excited about it. I would be willing to bet that not a lot of people are using it. Like I've I was really excited about it. I think I played a game like once on my on my Xbox. It was an Xbox three sixty game and I've forgotten about it since. And like I and and to be honest, like I noticed a couple months ago that flight control was going to be leaving and I haven't played it once since then anyway. So it's like even I'm I'm making this whole big high and mighty speech, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm still not going out of my way to play it either. So it's it's like it's still sitting on my phone. If it went it, even if it went away like tomorrow, like some of these apps, I probably wouldn't even have noticed if they went away, to be honest with you. Like I'm looking at these at the list of apps that are are going to be going away on my phone. And I couldn't tell you the last time I played any of them, to be honest with you. Like I probably would like to play a couple of them once maybe in the future, but I haven't touched any of these in months that I can remember. So like mm. people say that they want back, backward compatibility, but a lot of times when it's implemented, it's just not used. Well, and one of the things to note in this, uh, in the article that we'll post in the show notes is the way that like, there's a, there's a physical, there's a, there's a real reason why the 32 bit is not getting supported in future hardware. And that's because the chips that Apple wants to use that have these faster, uh, abilities, the faster processes and all that jazz, uh, are only made to support 64 bit systems. And so there's not, in, in order to kind of of progress the the hardware along the software has to get left in the dust so it's not even just about like eh, we don't want to deal with that anymore it's about wanting to continue to improve upon the hardware and the sacrifice that had to be made there uh was in this case letting go of the 32-bit apps yeah and i mean we're talking about ios 7 was when they introduced 64-bit support so it's been like five years um, four years, I guess. And that's a long time to go without ever updating your app at all. It, it's, it's sad, like for something like flight control, where it's just been, it's, it's been bought by a bigger company and then forgotten about. It's a sad thing, but ultimately I don't blame Apple for doing it. Ultimately, well, then they no. can't, there's a limit to sentimentality, you know? Hmm. I don't <laughs> I mean, like that thought though, Steve, cause I'm sentimental. So I'm like, no, <laughs> but you also don't ever update anything. So you'll be fine. I'm gonna update to eleven though. Uh oh. You better not. Yeah. You better get a you better steal one <laughs> uh, of Renee's but phones. Privacy and security. I can't I now you've put me into a really horrible position because I get to <laughs> have to lose things that I may not want to lose or 
you know. I, I, I guarantee guess. you, if we didn't have this conversation, you wouldn't even have noticed that those things were gone. I know what you're going to do, Georgia. It's going to be fine. It's fine. You're going to, you're, you know, I know that you've been like, look, I don't know now what your situation is in terms of a house, but if you have not found a house yet, you just need to find one that has a room that you can put a Faraday cage in and you will have, you're going to steal one of Renee's phones when he gets a new phone so that you can run iOS 11 on it. And then okay. your phone that you have right now, or even, you know, one of the older devices, um, you can put inside the Faraday cage on airplane mode. And you can continue to play the games that you love to play and count on the fact that even though they're on older systems, nothing is going out into the ether uh, to, you know, to be shared with the world. Now, I do know, like you mentioned, Candy Crush uh, has to have a Facebook connection. So that is... It doesn't you know, have that's, to, actually. Oh, it doesn't You have anymore? to have an internet or? connection. I... I uh, you have to bring it up, Micah. Sometimes <laughs> when I was really heavily playing the game... Uh, you would get more power-ups if you were on Facebook, and so I would play the game through. It's so sad. It's just so sad. Through Renee's Facebook account, I'm just going to say it really <laughs> fast so that I would get those power-ups, and then I would log off after. Okay, let's move on to another show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Let's hide my shame. Wow, that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I... More power to you. Uh, more power-ups to you. Uh, so last but not least, and we kind of touched a little bit on this kind of thing earlier. Um, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk kind of had a little bit of a, a aggressive but kind of passive-aggressive. I don't know how to put it exactly. They weren't arguing with each other directly, but um, – Mark Zuckerberg, I guess Elon Musk, because he kind of goes around and he talks about how AI is eventually going to kill all of us and we need to have laws in place so that robots don't march down the street and shoot everybody. Um, or I don't know. I don't think there's probably a more efficient way that robots would figure out or an AI would figure out. But <laughs> Elon is worried that we're going to eventually be killed by AI. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg, because he's Mark Zuckerberg and does mm. weird stuff like this, hosted a live chat at his backyard barbecue and was talking on video about how you know, whatever he was talking about. Somebody asked him what he thought of what Elon Musk was saying. And he's like, I think that people need to chill about this. OK, he says, I think people who are naysayers and try to drum up these doomsday scenarios, I don't understand it. It's really negative, And in some ways, I think it's pretty irresponsible. So someone decided to tell Elon. Elon, that Mark Zuckerberg had said what he said. And Elon Musk replied on Twitter, I've talked to Mark about this. His understanding of the subject is limited. Oh, oh. I mean, that's oh. a, oh, that's a super sick burn. For that burn. Yeah. But, so Elon Musk is like a very white man. Let's not, I mean, not, not to, not to like lose track of what, what a white man he is, but 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 um, Zuckerberg saying that is like the whitest manest thing I can think of. I mean, his experience of the internet and its wonders and horrors is very different than that of a lot of other people. And I just I sincerely doubt that he has the capacity to imagine, like somebody. And I wish I could, I, I wish I knew who originated this, but I saw somebody tweet that whenever you make something as a developer, you have to stop and think to yourself, what is the worst thing that somebody can do with this thing that I'm making, and then defend against that. And I really, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg obviously is not considering or doesn't care about what the worst thing people can do with his products is because. I mean, Facebook. 
Right. Yeah. They've I, yeah, done I the mean, worst let, things. Let a horrible person win the presidency would probably be up there with. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's. Georgie, you want to say something? Because I'll, I'll go for a while. So you're... <laughs> I'm going to do a long string. Head in first. No, I, th- I think that it's interesting that, that Mark Zuckerberg says some things to the public that seem to um, be um, financially feasible, like better for him, that would support his products that are really about selling people's information. Yet personally and privately, he puts uh, little tiny post-its over his cameras and tells people when he goes out to visits, don't sit, be careful what you say about what I do and be careful who you tell that I'm coming to visit. And so I think that you can tell better what someone really believes is by how they handle it. And no doubt he thinks that maybe not AI in and of itself, but he definitely thinks that you know we have to be careful with the information that's out there about us. And I think that he may be, you know, again, he's worked a lot on trying to get AI to automate separate things. And I think that he doesn't want to have legislation that may make him have to pay more or pay more attention to things that he doesn't want to have to do. And he can continue experimenting with, you know, uh, emoticons that are going to be able to tell how much someone likes a product and or even um, facial recognition to be able to read how you feel about an article while you're reading it. So I think that it's in his best interest to be able to say that, but I don't think that that's something that he really believes because I think that he's a little bit more in the know to that we need before we decide to do something to have legislation in place that protects people and make, if Siri can't read my music, I'm not really worried about them coming in to destroy me as of yet. But that doesn't mean it's going to do something else that we do not have an understanding about. And so I think that it's important that we still tread carefully. Don't just do something because we can. We need to think before we leave. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I I think so. We've joked a few times about Skynet on this podcast today. And and I think that the problem with what Musk is saying, and by the way, he's not wrong. And I agree with with Musk, not with not with Zuckerberg. Um, The problem with this conversation is that Skynet is where people's heads go and Skynet is not likely to be the scenario that we're talking about. So the way a lot of AI and and machine learning works is not typically building machines that are self-aware. It is trying to solve a specific problem and allow, and, and basically just compare a lot of algorithms really quickly until you get to the one that fits the data set the best, right? And and the way that you get there is by analyzing a lot of data and then having a person who's tweaking dials and, and using different techniques to get to that optimal algorithm, right? There, there are two problems here. One is that the end result of that algorithm and that model is typically pretty opaque. So you often have no idea if it's working correctly. You often have no idea how it's making the decisions that it's making, which means that, and and this is something we've talked on this show a lot, is that biases that are built in by the person who is writing the the algorithm and tweaking the dials are going to be included into the ultimate model, which are not necessarily conscious or malicious things, but... If you're analyzing natural language and you're only analyzing language that is written by white people, then you are going to discount any other type of slang or vernacular or or text that is used by other groups of people, for example. 
if you are looking at a training set that is disproportionately um, weighted towards one group of people having a certain result, that is going to manifest itself in the model. And so these are the types of things that as these types of models start to control a lot more of the software that drives our lives, like things like what kind of news gets served up to you when you're look when you're looking online, any sort of algorithm there is controlled by something like this. And if there are biases or if there are nefarious or otherwise things that are causing news articles that are not to in your best interest to mostly surface to you, that is going to affect how you how you behave psychologically. And so that's the that's one thing. And then just not being able to see what's happening. Like, I think that there's a lack of there's a lot of work going on in machine learning and going on in AI in terms of building this stuff out. And it's a lot like Internet, like the Internet of Things, where nobody's programming defensively. You are getting to an answer and the answer is working and you're not thinking about everything else that you should be thinking about because you're just focused on getting the stupid thing to work. And, and by the way, that's I, – I, I know those feels because it is not easy to get this stuff up and running at least the first time. And often even if you have somebody who is internal who understands this stuff, they are not going to be able to explain it in a way – that is going to make sense to anybody else. They should be able to, but very often they don't. Data science, when it's done correctly, should be able to be explained to somebody without by taking the math out and explaining to somebody in plain English what you're going to do. But most people are not asked to do that because data science is basically like the spell book in Harry Potter at mm. this point. So it's just there's a lot of opacity and there's a lot of bias based on the people that are coming into it that are deciding things even today. And the more that these algorithms get used, the more that they're going to drive our lives and we're not even going to know that it's happening. And it doesn't take an army of robots marching down the street killing people to affect how we live our lives in a potentially negative way without us even knowing that it's happening. Mm. Yeah, All of that. <laughs> uh, I I honestly don't have anything to add. Uh, I think one the like the, the one single thing that I'll say is I like the idea of of erring on the side of caution and just being aware of things like of being aware that things could instead of just kind of throwing up your hands and saying eh. I'll probably already be gone by the time it actually <laughs> oh, yeah. happens versus, yeah, being being more reasonable about that. I think that that's the right thing to do. But, you know, when you're running for president but telling everybody you're not running for president, you got Ugh. a lot more important things to do. than No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, this stuff is like electricity, right? Like if you're not careful, it's going to it's going to shock and electrocute you. But you don't know or like radium in the 20s. When they were painting it on the watches to make them glow in the dark yeah. so they would look pretty, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we didn't know at that time how dangerous that stuff was. And then once we figured it out, we started taking steps to mitigate that risk and, and make sure that we were taking advantage of the good things about it without exposing ourselves to unnecessary risk. That's the kind of thing that we need to be doing with, with internet – with IoT security and the kind of things we need to be doing with you know machine learning algorithms. But it's not the kind of thing that any individual – practitioner is going to do because it's it's not it doesn't show up on the uh, you know on the the bottom line unless it's mandated that you need to do it yes no one's gonna want to spend the money 
No, no. It's and it, or, or the time. It's not even money. It's time. Yes, it's a lot of it. Which, it's, yeah. Which yeah. is money. Money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, time is yes. money. But a lot of times it's it's I mean, it's not even spending money. It's just time to market. And, and everybody feels like they're behind, especially in AI and machine learning. And if you're not getting stuff done quickly and efficiently and you're taking the time to do that and you're not it's not showing any tangible benefit up front, that can get questioned. And that's going to be the first thing on the chopping block. Unless you have yes. some really strong leadership leadership that understands that and is willing to support that decision. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying Elon Musk for president, heaven forbid, but I'm also, like, extra super not saying Mark Zuckerberg for president ever. Amen. Not today, not tomorrow, not <laughs> even when the AI takes over. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not done sending you all these horrible articles, by the way, Micah, because I still get joy out of that. Just so you know. <laughs> you know, it's interesting though because I think your heart softens just has softened just a little bit based on the fact that occasionally you also send me articles related to dogs, and yes. <laughs> I just think that maybe there's a tiny, tiny part in your heart that has been won over. At least in the the case of uh, knowing that that dogs make me happy. <laughs> I, I well, I, I need to balance it out so that you know you don't know what's coming. So the next time I send you, uh, you know, a, a half a half ripped apart a half ripped apart Teddy Ruxpin that's been modified into an Alexa that I can you know still get a reaction. You know, it, it's got. Mm. I'm trying to keep you on your toes. <laughs> Yeah, Georgia, that's like a psychological concept type deal, isn't it? Where you like you you keep them mm-hmm. focused on it by show by making them happy, but then really what you're trying to do is show them the bad yeah, thing. And yeah, so foot, foot in the door like, and or bait and switch. I think it's a little bit of both of those mixed together. Steve's uh, he's, diabolical. He's, he is. He is. Yeah. He's not called salty for nothing. No, you know, <laughs> this is see, this is this is what you need to understand about me. Like my like I I've discovered that like my Hearthstone play style is not like I have some friends who are very aggressive. They they just go for the face constantly. <gasps> my my strategy is not just to win the game, but in through the course of the game to make my opponent question all of the life decisions that have led them to this <laughs> point. See, wow. that's how I play. You Excellent. know, so lovely, you know, well, anyway. I, I love you, uh, Micah. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> Except when you send me horrible things. <laughs> Especially then, because that's how I know you care. Yes. I'm, um, I'm just trying to protect you from the evils of the world is all I'm trying to do. And and, and entertain it, myself in the process. Right. If you'd like to show us that you care, <laughs> you can get in touch with the show. And here is how. You can call us at 508-418-3532. You can tweet us at underscore disruption FM. And please be sure to use the hashtag disrupt me. Or you can send us a direct message if you'd rather keep things private. Please do let us know if we can use your name on the show. Otherwise, we will default to anonymous. Uh, go and review the show on iTunes if you have some time or give it a little five-star rating or a one-star rating. Remember, nothing in between, please. Uh, if you're looking for the show notes, you can find them in the app you are listening to right now or go to relay.fm slash disruption. If you're looking for me online, you can find me at chihuahua.coffee, where there's links to all the different things that I do. And Jessica Dennis, if people are looking for you online, where can they find you? I am at Jessica Dennis on Twitter, and I recently started a games review Tumblr thing at games.jessicadennis.me, M-E. Um, and you can also hear me on the podcast Ruffled Feathers at ruffledfeathers.xyz. 
Ooh, I like that Ooh, XYZ. It something. was very inexpensive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Steve, if people are looking for you online uh, or want to listen to you, where can they find you? Well, you can listen to me uh, talking about Hearthstone while driving through the Noah's Flood this week um, hmm. on, on Off Curve. And you can find that on offcurve.com. And if you want to hear the thoughts that I have about the upcoming Hearthstone expansion, I'll be reviewing every card in excruciating detail until our voices uh, go at the Happy Hearthstone. So I'll have a link to that when that's up and live. Um, and otherwise, if you just want to see me posting screenshots and horrible things that I've sent to Micah, you can go on Twitter <laughs> and find at WickedGood. Awesome. And last but never least, the wonderful, the venerable Georgia Dow of people looking for you online. Where can they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Georgia underscore Dow and... Uh, Dealing with anxiety or depression, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. Excellent. All right. All that's left is for Steve to do that thing he does every week. Steve, take it away. Go. Go shut off your robots before they walk through the street and kill you. And and go listen to something else because we're done. And map your home. Send us your home maps. No, don't do that. Just send them to Micah. (laughs) Bye. I don't want your blueprints. Thank you. I've heard, like, the, our Twitter followers have attacked me with feet. I don't need your blueprints. Have they? Oh, I'm so proud of them. I don't Georgia ever Dow. send you. Have I ever sent you a foot? I have never sent you a foot. <laughs> I have sent you a lot of terrible things. I have never sent you a foot. Right? I think I might have sent Micah a foot. Have I sent you, you a You always give Micah? me an inch. Uh, yeah, I, you have. You've, you've I have, sent, eh? you've, I'm mean. I'm sorry. Look, I do want to, like, uh, if there, is there a formal process to question someone's Canadian citizenship? <laughs> because I need to learn about that so I can like, formally re- request uh, a test to see if Georgia Dow is actually Canadian. <laughs> I might. I might not pass that test. <laughs> it's true it's true george is like george is like secretly like the the head of like whatever the the canadian version of the kgb is like that yes. that's george's that's george's double life yeah ceases ceases that's what's called that's awesome it sounds like some sort of a foot disease no oh. no oh. All it's like right. something I, that no, house I, would diagnose you know it's oh it's ceases that's my that's gotta oh, be what it is Canadian Security Intelligence Service. Do you get a Do you get a horse to ride around on? You don't, but if you do, you do if you're the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police. They really do ride ride foot, and we even have um, cops that are on bicycles, so that they can become more of a part of the community. I would love to be a mounted police officer. That, it's wait, so that... amazing. No, that's that's what they call them, mounties. So yes. That it's amazing. Would be, that'd be so fun. I yeah, I'd love that. And you that. get your own horse. Like you get your horse and you take care of it. And that sounds like a movie where the horse dies at the end, though, and that makes me like Turner, like Turner and Hooch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's a, that was a movie with Tom oh Hanks, with a, where youngsters. it was a, a police. Yeah, it was a policeman and and the dog, the police dog. And I don't watch movies with dogs in them because but every didn't time ride they the die, police dog, right? So it's not really the same because you didn't, right? Ride him. Yeah, yeah. There's a <laughs> there's a difference between mounting a police officer. No, wait. Um, oh my! <laughs> what, what is what, where, what is happening? I'm so tired today for some reason, and I have eaten very little, and I really have to get off of here because I just said mounting a police officer. Okay. <laughs> just make sure that you get me your audio, please, so I can edit on the train tomorrow, so I cannot spend my leave anniversary in, weekend. Leave that part on in. On midnight train. You have to leave that no, part you are in not, Georgia I think that's Dow. The, we have a title. No, no, I am putting my, f- ew, my You're feet down. down. What are you going to put down, Micah? I'm, oh. I'm putting put my down? bleep down because I don't oh, want to say it. Oh, no. Oh, that's so good. Okay, well, you have my vote. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, uh, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. All right. <laughs>